welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and new age enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. Welcome back, everybody. This week, we have Francesca Lu with us. And Francesca has a degree in psychology and women's and gender studies. Since 2017, when she quit her successful corporate job, she has been traveling the world solo and pursuing her passion for holistic healing. She has experience in plant medicine facilitation breathwork, and sacred sexuality. She currently offers one-to-one sexual empowerment coaching for women who are ready to step into their full pleasure and power. Ooh, that is juicy. (laughs) Welcome, Francesca. Uh, How are you? you? And yeah, if you could just give give yourself um, a little, tell us a little bit more about you and yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to. It's great to be here with you all. It's so exciting to be on a podcast. And yeah, so as you mentioned in my bio, um, my kind of spiritual awakening and progression into healing and coaching has kind of come over the past five or so years. And prior to that, I was, I will say I did grow up in a very kind of spiritually conscious household. And so I did have experience. My mom is actually a sound healer and she does crystal bowls and massage. And so I kind of grew up in that sort of environment, but it was kind of the thing where I had to experience it myself. And whenever my mom would tell me, you know, about her beliefs and stuff, I was kind of like more on the agnostic side of things. And so I was just kind of going through my life and I, I was working in a, a corporate job. I was a corporate recruiter. And Ooh, just can of, I just say, I was a recruiter too. Oh, you were. oh my gosh. I was a recruiter. And I, I honestly, I love hearing people's like before stories. So this is just making my life. <laughs> yeah. Did you do that for a while? I did. Yeah. I did recruitment for, um, I think like five, maybe six years. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it I, did, my soul. I did it about six years as well. And my life was kind of just, you know, I remember one day I was driving home from work. I was about like 25 or something. And I had just done my yoga class and stuff. And I just remember thinking like, this is exactly the life that, you know, I always wanted when I was young. You know, I have a long-term relationship. I have a good paying job. I basically just work and party all the time. And um, yeah, then I kind of just started feeling like my life was becoming a bit empty and a bit repetitive. And so around that time, that was about five years ago, which is crazy, but time like goes by so fast. And that's when I ended up hearing about um, some ayahuasca ceremonies that were taking place near my, where I lived actually. And have you, have you all had experience in, in plant medicine? No, um, share all the things. Yeah, I I have with mushrooms, um, but and and like cacao, but cacao is is obviously not not taking you on that kind of journey. But I um um we we are very um interested and we love hearing all about it. So yes, please tell us. <laughs> totally. So so I went with my friend. I was like, I don't really know what I'm signing up for here, um, and I just knew that. I guess I kind of sensed on some kind of deeper level that I needed to change my life. I was kind of going on a downward spiral into stress and just partying every weekend. And um, so I went to these ceremonies and the first one was actually so terrifying. Like I really literally thought I was going to die. And (laughs) was this, and this is the beginning of your journey, right? This isn't when you're like, 
further down the line and you're kind of like a bit more spiritually conscious like this is before you kind of like at the beginning right exactly yeah so this was back when I hadn't really had any of my own spiritual awakenings or anything like that and so it was kind of like a big wake up right now wow. <laughs> like a catapult yeah very fun about it what made it feel so scary so I remember I was I was sitting there and I'd had experience with um psychedelics, LSD, mushrooms before. And I kind of knew that if you start to have kind of like a bad trip, you know, quote unquote, um, to just, you know, kind of like some mental things that I could do to kind of um, bring myself back. And so I started kind of seeing and feeling like really dark things, dark energy. I was seeing like skeletons and just um, kind of seeing my body wasting away. And um, so I started thinking like, okay, you know, let's, this isn't really what I want right now. Like, let's bring it back to like something a little more constructive and positive, you know, (laughs) why not? (laughs) And and so I started thinking in my mind, like, all right, you know, let's think positive thoughts and this will be good. And, and then I remember as I started trying to do that, I started forgetting how to speak English. And so in my mind, I was just thinking like in gibberish and <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, this is not going well. And, um, and so I started getting really afraid and the uh, facilitator, he wasn't exactly a shaman, but he was kind of a server of ayahuasca. And <clears throat> he had told us at the beginning that if we got afraid or we like really needed help, we could kind of crawl to the middle of the circle. And so eventually I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go in there. And, and I was like, I have to, I'm dying. I'm pretty sure. And so I just started like crawling into the middle of the circle and he's just sitting there, you know, like chanting, playing guitar. And I just looked at him and he just kind of looked at me and <laughs> he didn't do anything. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm on my own for this one. <laughs> that sounds horrifying. Like, I don't know if I would ever be able to go back and do it after that. Yeah. But then it was interesting because I was like, fine, I, I, I'll just go back to my seat. And, and then towards the end of the ceremony, I started seeing and feeling like this heartbeat, but it was like my own, but like also the heartbeat of the world. And I started feeling like this beautiful kind of glowing light breaking through the darkness and I was like, all right, okay, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, there it is. And there's the thing. <laughs> and then and then it was a two-day um, experience. So then the next night we were supposed to do it again. So I was like, I told the, the guy in charge, I was like, I don't think I'm, I think I'm good, you know, like that was <laughs> enough. <laughs> and, um, and then he was like, well, you know, actually every ceremony is super different. So... Um, I'd really encourage you to try it again. And um, so the next night was actually totally different. And I just felt like all of this beautiful energy of the world. And I felt, I kind of saw myself going out into the world and learning and exploring and healing and healing myself and learning healing work for others. And so at the end of the whole experience, I was kind of like, you know what, I, I needed to go through that. And I needed to kind of face that darkness because I feel like, you know, in terms of spiritual awakening, that's a huge part of it. Like there's, mm. we have, we all have shadow within us and yep. we, t- we t- tend to really push it down and deny it and ignore it and, you know, to really just kind of have that just put in my face. It was just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on this downward spiral. I'm kind of going into that darkness and this is my chance. Yeah. Really- I was going to say, when you saw yourself wasting away, did yeah. you feel like the medicine was saying to you, like you're wasting away, something needs to change. Like you're not doing what you came here to do or like maybe like that's kind of, I felt like maybe that was a part of their message to you. Yeah, definitely. Like I saw myself lying like on the side of the street and my body was like almost a skeleton. And I was just like 
you know, trying to crawl along and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I mean, I've, I've heard from other people too, that, you know, when you go into an ayahuasca ceremony, it's nice to have an intention and kind of like, oh, you know, this is going to be, I'd like to know the answer to life, you know, in this way. And, and it, it really, like, I really do believe after trying it now many times, um, it's, it's its own kind of intelligent spirit. And it really is this ancient, you know, of course, people have been doing it for so long. And it really looks at each person who chooses to work with it and really decides like, okay, what, what needs to be done? Um, what, what do we need to show this person? And sometimes we might, you know, for example, want to work through childhood trauma or something, but maybe there's other layers that need to be kind of worked on, you know, before we can get to that or something. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm and how... Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Danielle. Yeah. Becky and I keep talking over each other today. As yeah. We're recording, so forever. That could be retrograde. Mercury retrograde <laughs> is real because we never have this problem. It's ever. real. <laughs> it's um, out for us. <laughs> okay. Focusing back in. Um, I'm a shadow worker. And one of the things that I oh. see very often with people is exactly like you're saying, where there's all these layers of shadow and they feel like they want to come in and talk about their divorce. But first, we've got to get through like what their life was like when they were a kid, that time that they got bullied when they were 16, the first heartbreak that they ever had, a past life where this is a theme that's come up, and then we get to it. It's like peeling back all these different layers until you get there. And you can't really choose. You can set an intention, but if there's other stuff that has to be done, it has to be done first. Yeah, it's like we only know a very small sliver of the whole picture is what I really believe. And so, yeah, sometimes I feel like the, you know, spirit or whatever is like, oh, that's cute, you know, like, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> They're there, we'll get there, you know. <laughs> so how did that ayahuasca ceremony get you to where you are now? Like that was the very beginning of the journey. What happened next? Yeah. So, so after that, um, I kind of went back to my life and, you know, I, I felt profoundly changed, but I kind of tried to be like, you know, that was great. I still need to go to work on Monday. And, you know, I, I saw these, these visions, like I said, of myself traveling the world and I'd never really been into travel before. And a lot of my friends had actually gone on some trips and stuff and invited me. And I was like, no, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. You know, I got a party on Friday. I'm good. And so then every time that I went back to work, it was kind of like everything around me was the same, but I just felt different within myself. And when I had been at this um, ayahuasca um, retreat ceremony, um, the person in charge had told me that he had a retreat center in Peru. And he was like, if you ever want to come down for like, you know, a month or something, you're welcome to do so. And um, I, at the time I was like, oh yeah, that's great. Like, I'm not going to have a month for that, but thank you. And um, so I just, I started really seriously considering it. And I told my boyfriend at the time, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to quit my job and, you know, go to Peru for a while. And he was just like, this is like something out of a, you know, a weird movie or something. Like my girlfriend goes into the woods and does a bunch of weird psychedelics and now she's going to quit her job and become like a, <clears throat> like a traveling hippie. And he's like, people just don't do that. You know, people just get a job and then they work and then they retire and then they, that's their life. And I was like, no, I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And so... I ended up just quitting my job and leaving my relationship, leaving my home. And I just got like a one-way ticket to Peru to the middle of the jungle in the middle of nowhere. And so I went to this ayahuasca retreat center and it was, I went there to do um, my own retreat. And then my plan was to, to stay and um, work with the other people and be like a facilitator there. And so I did like the, the first month there and it was so intense. We were doing um, ayahuasca and then also uh, combo. The, if you're familiar. Is that the, the frog poison? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You've heard of it? 
I've heard of it. Yeah, it leaves like the marks on your arm, right? Yeah, exactly. So that one's really fun. It's like a <laughs> more of a um, physical clearing. And so you have to drink like a huge, like three liter bottle of water. And then they burn your skin and they put the little frog poison on there. And then you basically just start feeling super ill and projectile vomiting. And <laughs> you said fun beforehand. I don't know if that really. <laughs> I think you were tricking us there. Purging all the physical things that are trapped within your body. And we try yeah. so much stuff in the physical. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like fun in a way that it's satisfying. And um, yeah, while you're doing that, you have to keep drinking water. And so it's really interesting. And, and your face kind of swells up because it's, it's a full body systemic neurotoxin. And so <laughs> all the different antibodies and the different parts of your body that are trying to keep you alive come up. And so it's really good for cleansing the, the liver and the gallbladder and the lymph, uh, lymphatic system. Whoa, so, that is wild. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Danielle and I talk about colonics and stuff, but this is next level. <laughs> trip to peru now this yes. is happening <laughs> i'm so down for that like yeah i'm so down for stuff like that like yeah. I, I i truly believe that we are so conditioned and so programmed and to get rid of all of the noise poison toxins everything like otherwise you can take years you know like it's kind of like when people say oh they got sick but they were really healthy and it's like yeah maybe they were really healthy but maybe they were holding on to a lot of stress or they were holding on to trauma or shame you know and and they were bottling it in it's not as black and white as being like eating your greens and drinking water like we hold stuff don't we so that's yeah. really cool yeah i so agree with that it's like so many different levels of you know there's the physical body but all the stress and all the emotional pain that we are taught to hold in um, inside our body and um yeah so the first night that i went to my first ayahuasca ceremony there it was just so wild because it was in this little kind of house thing in the middle of the jungle and, and all the walls were just basically um, like screened so you could feel the air coming in and you could hear all of these weird unidentified animals just like screaming in the jungle <laughs> and so then we took the ayahuasca and I was just like oh my gosh what did I get myself into it was just like so intense and um during that ceremony, I actually felt even more deeply, like all of this negativity just leaving my body. And um, yeah, I could just feel different, like drugs and alcohol, but also just, you know, things that people had said to me, like limiting beliefs and things that I had internalized. And they were all just kind of like flowing out of my body and just, yeah, it was super intense, but just, yeah, such a kind of visual and physical representation of all the stuff that we just pushed down like we were talking about mm. that's so amazing powerful. yeah yeah and is and, it there that you you had like the the downloads or the the ayahuasca like introduce you to like like sexual healing or or was it then that you were like wow i i didn't realize that i had like i don't know maybe sexual trauma or or it was deeper than you thought, or maybe you'd suppressed it. Like, is that um, where you were introduced to this, this work that you do now? Well, during that time, I started getting really serious about, I need, I am not going to go back to, you know, I'm not just going to go back and get another recruiter job. And I started realizing that I was already healing so much and I wanted to continue that along. So I actually went to, um, to Cusco, Peru, and I was a facilitator at another ayahuasca center there. And then I just, I decided to continue traveling and just learning along the way. And 
along the way, I met this um, astrologer and he actually, he did a reading with me and he, during the reading, he was like, I don't know if, um, I don't want to like offend you. I don't know like how open-minded you are, but there's so much in your chart. And I guess he was also kind of a psychic person. And he was like, I really feel like back in the past life, you were like a tantrika, you know, one of the like temple goddesses healing people in their sexuality. And, um, he's like, I don't know if that's anything that's ever, you know, makes any sense to you, but it could be a, a future path for you. And I was like, you know, I've actually done sex work in the past. And also I was a stripper and that's a little bit different, but <laughs> I was like, you know, I can kind of feel that. Um, and so I decided to, I went to Bali and they have like so much, um, sacred sexuality and, and Tantra retreats going on and also breath work. And so I got really into um, both of those different modalities. And I started just by doing the healing work on myself. And then I was like, you know what, this is literally changing my life. And um, once I started getting into the the Tantra and I was doing, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of the International School of Temple Arts or ISTA it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to a couple of their retreats and it's interesting because, you know, when I first heard of it, like a, a week long Tantra retreat, I was visualizing, like, I don't really know what I expected, but I was like, oh, I bet it's going to be like a lot of naked people, like rubbing oil on each other and feeding each other grapes. And like, you know, I don't know. And so, I mean, I went there and it definitely, they did have that, but it was also like, that was more like the nighttime temple um, gatherings. And then during the day we were doing like a hardcore, really deep shadow work and um, like caregiver work, working on our childhood, working with our inner child. And um, it was just really intense, like for myself and everyone there. And, um, you know, sometimes people would just have these complete breakdowns and just be like wailing and hitting the pillows and stuff. And I was yeah, I was like, at first I was a little bit, um, I guess, intimidated because I just had never been in anything like that before. But then I started realizing, wow, this is, this is like some, some deep stuff that I never even, never even thought about ever. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we don't realize how much trauma gets stored in the body. And when we experience something in our 3D physical world, the brain needs to figure out what to do with that. And the body doesn't know how to store it. So it just kind of puts it somewhere. And for women, so often that's within our womb space. And so we end up with a ton of womb trauma that we just carry around. And it shows up as a lot of things like a PMDD, horrible cramps, um, cancer, like anything, pain. And we don't know what to do with that. So the work that you're doing is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that was really life changing. And at the same time, I mean, I started feeling differences right away, but it was also kind of like for a while, I was like, I'm really, this is really a lot of work and I, I don't really feel, you know, I'm like, is it, is it really doing anything? And so <laughs> I'm, but then the, this voice within me just told me, this stuff is really important. Just stay with it. And it's so true that there's all these different layers. And so I started noticing right away, kind of the, just the stuff right on the surface and was able to shed a lot of anxiety. And um, I just felt so much more connected to myself. The more that I got connected with my body, my sensations, my pussy, my sexuality, and I mean, as I'm sure you all know, it's it's just something that's pushed down within us from the time that we're children, and we're just taught to have so much shame around our sexuality, around our bodies, and so I really, really um, internalized a lot of that, and yeah, just had so much fear of taking up space, so much fear of 
speaking my truths to my partners and my friends and really everyone. And um, yeah, I could really feel how I was just making myself small. And um, so as soon as I kind of started this work, I really started feeling like it's, it's, um, it helped me within my own relationship with myself, but also in relationship to others and really being able to communicate with them and really, yeah, speak my truth, whether it was about something small or how I wanted, how I wanted to receive pleasure. Um, yeah, really the full spectrum. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So tell us about the work that you do now in this world, like after doing all this amazing healing for yourself, what is it that you do to help heal other people? Yeah, so I work mainly with women and I'm also a breathwork facilitator and a sexual empowerment coach as well. And so what I do is I work with women who are ready to let go of a lot of the guilt and shame and all of these things that are pushed into us since childhood, the limiting beliefs, the trauma. And I feel like most women, unfortunately, have had some kind of sexual trauma, whether it's a full on sexual assault or just being kind of... <sighs> coerced into having sex or being touched inappropriately, even just being looked at or being told inappropriate things. And I feel like we really do internalize that so much and it affects every aspect of our lives. And of course it affects how much pleasure we can have during sex and it affects how worthy we feel of receiving pleasure. I feel like is a huge one as well. That's something that for myself for so many years during sex, I was basically just like looking out for my partner's pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things as well, where how we do one thing is kind of how we do everything. And so that's filled into my relationships and, you know, always making sure that everyone else is doing okay and really never taking time for myself, never taking time for my own pleasure. And so this built up so much resentment in myself. And this is something I see in my clients as well, that during sex, you know, they really prioritize their, their partner's pleasure, their partner's orgasm. And so many of them say that they don't even have orgasms with their partner. And that's something that, that I went through for many years as well. And I think it was kind of a combination of me not really knowing what uh, turned me on and what would really give me an orgasm. And then also just feeling like um, I wasn't worthy of taking that much space for my own pleasure. And so, you know, if they'd be giving me pleasure going down on me, I would, you know, after a few minutes kind of be like, oh, he's probably getting tired, you know, like maybe, you know, we'll do something else. And, and I would get really in my head about it. <clears throat> and so with my clients, I usually start with kind of going back to the beginning and looking at what kind of limiting beliefs um, they have around their body, around their sexuality. Um, I do inner child work with them and um, working with the caregivers. And are you all familiar with aspecting? Mm -mm, what's aspecting? I think so, so but, but tell us more. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's basically um, connecting to aspects of ourselves and this could be like our inner child, or it could be kind of like that part within us. That's like our, our parent, you know, our mother's voice or whatever. That's like become an aspect of ourselves because it's so always there. And it's really, it's an aspect of ourselves and it's also a part of our subconscious mind that, you know, is warning us because when we were young, we learned if you, for example, you know, don't masturbate or you're going to go to hell or something like that. And when, so crazy, crazy things. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and even if it's not that over, it's like, you know, we just don't talk about that. And so, yeah. So our subconscious minds, um, you know, it's, it, associates that with fear and our subconscious mind doesn't have the logical like oh well that was you know that was bad but this is fine and so those voices you know of our inner child or our mothers like our subconscious saying we don't need an orgasm to survive we're fine without that 
And, you know, that could be great, but it could also get us killed. You know, we could be um, ostracized from our society. We could be hurt. And so let's just stick to what we know is safe. And so with aspecting, it's actually you get two pillows and you sit on one and you feel this aspect of yourself come out to project onto the pillow in front of you. And then you basically have a conversation with it. So if it's your inner child, you might really pay attention to a visualization of like, how does my inner child look? Like, is she slumped over? Is she crying? Does she look worried? Um, and then you would actually switch places. So you'd become that part of yourself and really feel into, okay, what age was I when I started feeling this, you know, fear around pleasure around, you know, when did I go from the child running naked through the park to like, you know, covering my body and being ashamed of it. And then, you know, really feeling into what does that part of myself need? And then going back to yourself and really starting to be your own parent for that part of yourself. And so telling it like, you know, you're beautiful, pleasure is beautiful, you're strong, you know, like anything that it needs to hear. And, um, or it could be with a caregiver, um, you know, telling them the things that you never told them in the past and really just kind of getting it out. Oh, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. My training obviously is as a therapist and in school, they taught us that, but it was called the empty chair technique. So what you would do is you would speak to an empty chair. Like it was this other version of you. And when you're ready, you switch and you sit in that chair and look at the chair that you were in and speak to that one. And it's the same process, but from a, a different school of thought. But really when we think about all these different things, like uh, you and I have a lot in common in terms of the work that we do. My background was psychology and neuroscience with sex therapy as my specialization and shadow work was where I ended up because so much womb trauma is like caught in the body. So all the psychology things I learned came out through the work that I was doing in the shadow. And it doesn't matter which area you came from. We're all getting to the same places. We're all getting to the healing from different angles it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Like this kind of stuff is becoming a little bit more well-known, which is amazing. And so, so yeah, usually in, le- I mean, even if some of my clients have come to me and said, you know, my childhood is fine. I don't really have any, like I- I've gotten over that. And still when I do these kind of processes, a lot of times they're like, I did not know that was in there. Like what the hell? <laughs> so, to me, I just laugh. I'm like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the brain will actually black out moments that it feels like are threatening. And so you might think you had a perfect childhood. I'm one of those people who I always imagined my childhood was a perfect childhood. And it really was for the most part. But there were moments that when I tap in, I go, oh, crap, I didn't know that was there. I didn't remember that was, it's almost like it's not me, but it was me. I'm seeing it through my eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because when we're kids, something so small can be traumatizing. Yep. And we can, yeah, we can remember or not even remember, but, you know, parts of us remember for sure. And so, yeah, so usually it starts with kind of that, that type of work. And then once we've really gotten to the root of some of these these um, traumas and, and these um, fears and limiting beliefs. And, and lots of times we, we really do go deeper into the subconscious as well. And we'll do that through connecting with the sensations in the body. And so my work is really, um, you know, there's talking involved, but it's a lot less like talk therapy and it's really somatic healing, feeling into the sensations, doing breath work, visualizations, and these kind of processes to really get out of the cognitive level, which is like, you know, telling us one thing. And then it's like, there's this whole like iceberg below as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of the coaching I do with my coach who we had on the podcast, Catherine, is um, somatic. So getting into my body and and we do the aspecting as well. And it's so powerful. And when I do my inner child work, that's how I do it. And yeah. um, and it's like 
so healing just to do that. And that's something that you can do on your own is the empty, empty chair or the aspecting is something that you can do at home. And um, something I wanted to touch on is how um, you mentioned to me before about sound, breath and movement and how important it is. And I would love, 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 love for you to talk more about that because I can't remember who I was talking about this with, or maybe this was something I listened to, but it's something about how we're so afraid of like making weird noises and stuff. Like we like silence ourselves or we like, don't want to make weird noises and stuff so if you can touch on that I would love for our listeners to have the like permission and validation to make weird noises (laughs) oh yes absolutely weird noises I'm all about that and um so working with my clients to really bring in new pleasure practices, new stories, new kind of rewiring their brain. And so I'll actually assign them pleasure practices. And that's, you know, the fun kind of homework. You have to have this many orgasms. Well, it's not even about the orgasm, but the full experience. And so, um, yeah, a lot of times to kind of bring that into the sound um, breath and movement from the time that we're young, we start exploring our bodies. And like I mentioned before, we get this message either like overtly or subtly that that's not okay. And yet, you know, we have our feelings, we're horny, we're curious, we're excited. And so, you know, we want to touch ourselves and we want to give ourselves pleasure. And so a lot of times because of the shame and the fear of getting caught, we end up starting to learn how to masturbate and um, have orgasms in a way that's like very um, tense and very quick and very afraid, you know? And so it's just like, we learn a certain position. We are trying to reach orgasm as quickly as possible. And yeah, we're trying to be like really quiet and, um, then, and our breath is also just like very, you know, shallow and just like, this it's this very just like tense experience. Um, and then for a lot of us, as we get older, we see porn or even in um, TV shows where people are having sex. It's like this very specific experience and, you know, only certain sounds are okay. And only certain positions, you know, just like keep it like this. And so there's really for most of us, no one who's telling us like breathe deep and actually breathing and moving and making sound can enhance our pleasure so much. But it's almost like when we first start to try that, it doesn't, um, a lot of times it doesn't bring the same type of pleasure because we're so used to the certain type of, of orgasm and the certain type of pleasure that our, our neural pathways have actually, you know, wired to, to be like, okay, this is what we do. These step one, two, three. And so, yeah. So when we first start to experiment it with it, it can feel uncomfortable to our brain and also kind of weird to our bodies. And so a lot of times with my clients, I'll just get them started with just feeling, even doing like a a body meditation and just asking them, what do you feel in your body? And so many times they're so disconnected from their bodies that they're like, I don't know, nothing. And it's so crazy because I've been there myself. And so I'll even start by saying like, okay, well, can you feel the chair underneath you? Can you feel your heart beating? And then I'll, um, I'll encourage them to start breathing into those sensations and even just allowing themselves to express from, from those areas in their body. And a lot of times those sensations can be tension and they can be contraction and stagnant energy which is all again, you know, the emotion and all of these things that we push down. And so to even tap into that and begin to breathe into it and make sound from that area and see what kind of movement just naturally wants to happen can be so uncomfortable for them. And it was for me too. So it's totally understandable. And so even just starting with like, what do you feel in your hands? is like, you know, you can start anywhere. And then we kind of move into, okay, you'll do a pleasure practice this week. And 
really take off the goal of orgasm and just experiment like it doesn't even have to be um touching your pussy or you know the the way that you normally self-pleasure it could just be like touching your body gently and just you know slowing everything down yeah i was gonna say like could you like maybe say a few of the um what did you say pleasure practices like maybe give some listeners if they feel like whoa I feel so disconnected from my body which is so normal I think more people are disconnected from their body than connected to their body and that's fine but what would you say to get the ball rolling for them to be like I want to connect more to my body yeah, absolutely. So I think definitely like the, a really good first step is to just make sure that you set aside time for the practice and do it in a safe environment. So lock your door, turn off your phone, whatever you need to do so that you have, you know, at least 15 minutes to half an hour to just be with yourself and you can put on um, nice music if you'd like. And one thing I even love to do to get started is to just have a mirror and just take off my clothes and just look at myself in the mirror and just give myself compliments. And, you know, so often we're so critical of our bodies and um, we're just taught from a young age again to just really to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I look fat, oh, I look old or whatever. And so to just find all the things that you really like and tell them to yourself, you can even do it out loud. And then, yeah, just starting to gently touch your body and explore your body. And so many times during self-pleasure and sex, we find just one specific thing and we just go right to it. And sometimes we're using a vibrator or we're just having a quickie. And so it's just like this very specific type of pleasure, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's also so amazing to expand and say, where else on my body gives me pleasure? And for, for um, people with a pussy, usually it's just the clitoris that gets, um, focused on. And for those with a penis, it's, it's really just the tip of the penis and there's a lot of nerve endings there. So that's great, but it's like our whole body can end up being an erogenous zone. And I was talking to, I can't remember one of my friends in the same industry. And she was like, yeah, I've done this for so long that it feels like there's like millions of little clitorises all over my body. And I just touch myself and it feels so good. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not quite there yet but you know <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about earlier when we create new experiences the brain adapts to it so neural pathways will form based on what we're doing so if you're touching yourself all over regularly you'll have neural pathways connected to those nerve endings and it might feel that way the goals yeah. that's where we're all trying to head hashtag to. goals <laughs> yeah life goals right there <laughs> Yeah. And then, um, so yeah. So then feeling the sensations and whether, um, you're, you're self-pleasuring, masturbating with a goal of orgasm or just doing sensual touch, just feeling into those sensations and breathing into them. And breath, I think is one of our most powerful tools, which is so cool because it's just you know, something we do every day all the time, but there's so many different types of breath for different, um, for different goals or different, um, practices. And so you can do a deep, slow, gentle breath to really slow everything down and have more of this kind of yin practice and really get into the body, or you can do more of a fiery fast breath to really get your energy moving. And I mean, I've had some crazy, amazing, psychedelic, spiritual experiences just from doing breath work or breath work with pleasure practices. It's just like, it's yeah, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, those are the moments that I'm like, wow, I'm so connected to the universe and like feeling that I'm, you know, part of the universe. And I feel like worshiping and honoring our bodies is like, a, a form of spirituality for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think 
most of us are just oh we're just so disconnected from our bodies aren't we and, and we're, it's like such a taboo subject and it's kind of like you're made to feel shameful and something you said earlier like struck me like so hard like when men would look at you down the street like say for example you're wearing a dress and you get this man look at you and then you feel shame like you feel so much shame and then you just store it in your body even though you've not even done anything wrong and when we go around living our lives like storing that heavy energy like in our bodies yeah. it it just manifests and and like Danielle you know how it manifests into like for Danielle, you had cancer, right? Mm -hmm. Cervical cancer from years and years of just bottling this trauma down and not dealing with it. It's amazing how the body reacts when you don't respond to it appropriately. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. These things can be stored. Um, that's another thing that I do with my clients is de-armoring. And, um, so that can be really anywhere on the body. And I, um, when I was more primarily working with breath work, I would do during the breath work sessions, just um, some pressure point therapy and, and things like that. And with my sexuality coaching clients, it's more really working with the internal vaginal canal and all around the whole pussy area. And so much trauma and tension can be stored there and it can lead to numbness and dissociation, disconnection from ourselves. And so it's really about um, taking the either the fingers or you can use a, a toy like a glass wand for the inside and and really just um, doing pressure points all around the outside and then going inside the vagina and it can bring up so much emotion. And so it's one of those practices that it's really good to either, you know, do a little bit further down the way or have someone guide you through it. Um, yeah. And just like feeling in each pressure point, what's there, what kind of sensations, what kind of emotions come up. And then again, using the sound, using the breath, moving. Sometimes people even need to do like some um, different stress cycle um, completion and just kind of hit or kick or yell and just like get it out. Yeah, get it out because we don't know it's there and, and, or we just like normalize it and we live with it. And it's, and, and, and for anyone who's listening, it's like, oh yeah, but you did all this work and you're lucky, or maybe, you know, you got to do it because you went to a certain place. Like that's not true at all. Like we all deserve to be one with our body and enjoy everything and we all can get there. It's just a journey. And it's just, you just got to take the first step, right? Like, that's what I feel like my, um, I feel like my motto, would it be like my motto or like my, my quote at the moment to like all of the, my clients that I speak to is like, just take the first step. Like, yeah. let's not look at the end result right now. Let's just take the first step. And, and, and then the other fo foot will follow, you know? And that was kind of like what you did, Francesca, just by going to that first ayahuasca ceremony where you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just going to go for it. And who knows what this is going to be. And I have to go back to work on Monday, but I'm going to go. And when you did that, it kind of opened the door to possibilities of everything that else that could exist if you allowed it to, but you had to take the first step. Yeah. Imagine if you watched a movie like, you know, the Gwyneth Paltrow movie Sliding Doors where she gets, I don't know if either of you have watched it, but um, she gets on the tube in London and there's two stories. There's one where she gets on and, when, and there's one where she doesn't. And imagine your life if you didn't go to that ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. And like living the life that you had before. How weird. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of that movie. And my feeling, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously not sure, but I'm kind of like, maybe the things would have still found me mm -hmm. eventually, like in some form or another, but maybe it would have taken a lot longer. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> yeah. always leading us down whatever path it wants us to go, but it could be like yeah. the fast track or the slow track. So totally. yeah. Or imagine if you watched, you saw what your life is now back then and seeing like, 
not the end result, but like say like a five year projection, you'd be like, nah, that wouldn't be me. <laughs> but you wouldn't, you, you just would never see that. And that's, that's the point, right? You can't control it. Like let the universe guide you. It's going to take you to magical places. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, totally. Like I've thought about that so much within the past five years. Cause I've done some like really cool, crazy shit, like all along the way. And I'll just be like, you know, in New Zealand skydiving or something. And I was like, how's this my life? You know, like, <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. It's all about taking that first step. Francesca, this is amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can everyone who's listening to this episode find you online? Um, yeah, you can connect to me through Instagram and, um, yeah, my Instagram is just at Francesca.lu. So my name and, um, yeah, through there, um, I have a ton of different IGTV videos. Some of them are breathwork journeys that everyone can do. And, um, some of them are more like informational and, um, yeah, through there, you can connect with me. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching and um, I'm going to be doing some really awesome classes that are like free or low, clo- uh, low cost throughout the year as well. So Yay. definitely. Do you so, have any classes coming up? Yes, I'm planning one for near the end of February and I don't really have like the specific dates or anything yet, but um, it's going to be coming up and yeah, like really um, juicy practices that are kind of like very simple that you can do on your own to kind of get the process started like um, we were talking about and um, some really awesome information and yumminess. So yes, I, I, I recommend all our listeners to check you out, follow you on Instagram and just connect with their body more through watching you and and being guided by you. Like it's such incredible work that you're doing. Like, you know, you, you'll never know how many people you'll have touched and helped and people won't even realize necessarily that you were the one who started it or had a big role to play in it. But it's like, a domino effect of just helping people. So it's just amazing. I love it. And I don't think people always get the recognition that they should for this kind of stuff. So I'm just like <laughs> hyping you up here. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. Yeah. It's such satisfying work. I love it so much. I'm like, I wouldn't be doing anything else. So just so excited to see where the year takes me with even more growth and learning and expansion and sharing. So So cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This is a pleasure, literally. And (laughs) for everyone listening to this, we'll have all of Francesca's information right in the description of this episode so you can connect and follow and all the things. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you guys all soon. Uh, Thank you so much.